0: Hello! And um, thank God it's Wednesday. Jesus is Lord. I want you to trust him. I want you to depend on him. I want you to pray to him. He is our escape zone. He is our excellent savior. He's our creator. We're saved. We're covered in the blood. We're protected. And you stay protected from this pandemic by being obedient and stay in space, washing your hands at least 20 seconds and wearing a mask, gloves. We love you. We're in Philippians chapter 3 today. And um, in Philippians chapter 3, um, the Apostle Paul begins to elaborate on what we call the spiritual mind. Now, we said the first chapter was the single mind. Uh, you know, he said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's very definitive. No no chance of us mixing that up with something else. Um, and 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 in chapter two, we talk about the submissive mind. Let this mind be in you. But that's prefaced by if you want consolation, comfort, and peace, let this mind be in you. We got to have the mind of Christ in order to maintain the peace of God. The peace with God is Romans 5. We need to get saved. The peace of God is our everyday life. And now we're in chapter three, the spiritual mind, and and it's here in the spiritual mind that we start to see some interesting things taking place. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write this is not grievous to me, uh, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of workers of the concision. People who are always dividing and causing trouble. For we are now listen the circumcision, uh, amen. Which worship God in the spirit. Now, this circumcision, he Paul begins to deal with the uh, ebbs and flows. He's counting, amen certain things that have value other things that have no value he's balancing his books to his life now let me let me slow up on this sometimes we accentuate things as being utmost importance and god says that's not important at all and and so paul goes back and says we are we the saved are the circumcision the word circumcision goes back to the abrahamic covenant uh, Genesis 15 and 17, when God wanted Israel separated from the world. The separation factor was that all males had to be circumcised the eighth day. Amen. Cutting back the skin on their penis so they wouldn't be like the world. That was a sign of circumcision, but it was physical. In Christ, our circumcision is spiritual. Jesus who died for our sins, Jesus who's Lord, Jesus who uh was buried and rose again with all power in his hands, he has given us the circumcision of the spirit, so we are separate from the world. And and he 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 says, We are the circumcision of God. Now listen, which worship God in the spirit. That 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 is important, the preposition in that. Because the Spirit indwells us, we worship God through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We don't just worship God to be worshiping God. We just don't come up with our own uh, manner of worship. We who are saved are circumcised through the shed blood of Christ and we worship God in the Spirit and we have no confidence in the flesh. So Paul begins to talk about confidence here, that if you are saved, you can't put any confidence in the flesh, anything that was accomplished through the flesh, your education, your college, your, your, your mindset, your exposure, your experiences, we can't confide in that stuff. Our confidence is in Christ. And what he's doing, he's severing, he's dis, Let's listen, He's 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 giving us this dichotomy to say, the minute we start trusting in the flesh, we got problems. We have to trust in the spirit and we are the circumcision and we have no confidence in the flesh, verse three. So Paul uses this as a platform to say, though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other uh, man, woman or child, thinketh that he have wherewith, he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. Now now this this gets real deep. It's 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 Paul saying that if anybody should have confidence in flesh is me. And and he gives us this list of his confidence through the flesh, his accomplishments of the past. He he says, Amen. I will circumcise. This is his resume, his fleshly resume. I was circumcised the eighth day. That means he was truly a Jew. Okay. Under the Abraham covenant. Amen. From the stock of Israel. I'm truly a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he says, from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, Benjamin was a bad tribe. Benjamin, they were left-handed fighters. They, They were notorious in fact, there was civil war one time in Israel, and listen to this Benjamin one tribe out of twelve almost defeated the other eleven. God had to step in. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, I was a Pharisee now being a Pharisee means he had to be married he was a He was a lawyer who studied the Old Testament thoroughly legalism, the law, thoroughly. He he was a thorough genius when it came to the Old Testament law. These are still under the title of his accomplishments. Sometimes we have some great accomplishments through the world, in the world, from the world, and we start confusing them with what we have in Christ. Um, I preach Sunday and um, Uh, The interesting thing is that the sermon came from James. James was saying in chapter 2 that the poor of this world is rich in glory. The, The poor of this world is rich. They're rich. They're rich. They're rich in the fact that they believe God. They're rich in the fact that they're saved. They're rich in the fact. Now, he's not talking about all, but he's saying for the most part, it's the poor, it's the people who the world looks down on that are truly saved. And and, and I find that interesting that, that because um, he's dealing with the context of partiality, we shouldn't be partial to the rich and not to the poor, because the poor are the ones who belong to God, okay? That's in James 2. So it's here, he says, I'm a Pharisee. Now, concerning zeal... I persecuted the church because the church actually introduced someone other than Jehovah God, the father that they worshiped in the Old Testament, as being God. He's talking about Jesus. I persecuted the church, amen, and touching the, um, and I want you to see this, touching the righteousness of God, which is uh, in the law, blameless. The righteousness in the law was predicated on my ability to please God. It was predicated on my works. And Paul said, I did all that. I was blameless, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost. The word lost means garbage or manure for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Paul says, now, If anybody has confidence in the flesh, let me give you my resume, my calling as a Pharisee, as a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised the eighth day, my calling of persecuting the church, my calling of of being blameless in the law, having my own righteousness of the law. He says, uh, you would think that my career and my accomplishments were the greatest thing in the world. He said they weren't. He said, and 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 he says that what things verse 7 were gained to me those i counted loss for Christ now let me stop pause for a this is such a heavy scripture we cannot value our gains and value our losses on the same level sometimes we have to Give up what what a what what's dear to us. Give up the reputation, the experiences, the exposures, the education. We got to give all that up to get closer to Christ. And, and and he says, what things were gained in me? Those I've kind of lost for Christ. Listen, to this uh, of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have, and this is what I like, suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, manure, garbage, that I may win Christ. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You you cannot get to heaven on your accomplishments. You cannot please God on where you've been, what you've, what you've done that's positive to you. Sometimes we have to exchange. There's an exchange going on here. I gave all that up so I could win Christ. Because Jesus is the only one we need to depend on. Jesus is the only one we need to turn to. Jesus is the only one we need to pray to. Jesus is the only one we need to trust in. Not our education, not our experiences, not our exposures, not our common sense, nothing. Uh, Paul is giving us a system of exchange. And unless you and I are willing to exchange what we what, what was dear to us, we cannot please Christ. You almost have to put it on the altar and let it burn. Um, so it's here chapter three of the spiritual mind that Paul makes this exchange. And then in verse eight, he says, "'Yea, listen to this, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have, amen, suffered the loss of all things, verse 9, and be found in him and having not my own righteousness. A lot of people are going to hell because they're trying to get to heaven on their own righteousness. Well, I give to the poor. Well, I, 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 I give to this charity. Well, I try to do right. I try to treat my neighbor right, but you ain't saved. Nobody's going to get to heaven on self-will. John chapter 3 says... That this salvation is not of the will of man Not of, not of, amen Any accomplishment that we've done It's of Christ and, and and so God is not going to allow Us to take credit for what He did God is not going to share His glory with any man We are either going, going Into heaven sweeping Through the gates, knowing we're saved Born again, blood washed, blood bought Or we're not going in at all we're We're all going on on grace and mercy we don't deserve. we're all going on a, on the love of God who shed his blood at the cross to wash away all of our sins, past, present, and future. Nobody is squeaking in, nobody's sneaking in, nobody's barely getting in you You're either going in fully forgiven, fully aware, fully blessed fully of full of glory, or you're not going in at all because it's predicated on him. Not you, and and so Paul says um, through the faith of Christ, Amen. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, what is the righteousness of God? Jesus. God says, "Only one way to get right with me, Jesus. It's only one way to get right with me, Jesus. It's only one way to be forgiven. His blood on Calvary's cross. It's only one way, Amen, to be acceptable." in my sight, Jesus. Everything is dependent on Jesus. He's downplaying all of his accomplishments. His confidence is no longer in himself, it's in him. Now unto him who's able. Now you would be surprised how many born-again believers have not made this quantum leap. It's all Jesus, it's not me. It's it. the reason I need to pray because it's, it's all Jesus. He's perfect in giving me insight, foresight, hindsight, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. We, we, we have to downgrade self and accept the fact that if it had not been for the Lord, we'd be most miserable. It's all Jesus. My salvation is all Jesus. My transformation is all Jesus. My transference of prayer is all Jesus. My being still and waiting on God is all Jesus. Even the delays in my life, Waiting on God is all Jesus. Jesus got a plan for my life. Jesus has a providence for my life. Jesus has, amen, a, listen, he's got a protection for my life. Everything is Jesus. It takes years to get to that point where we download self and we bring Jesus to the forefront. Look what he says here in, in verse 10, that I may know him. Now, all of this exchange, the loss, the gains, all of this loss of confidence, gaining of confidence, all of this old physical circumcision for the new circumcision, which is spiritual, where we don't have confidence in the flesh, where we're trusting Jesus moment by moment. Paul says, all of this is needful that I may know him. The word know is gnosko. G-I-N-O-S-K-O, that I may know him. Know him how? Intimately. That I may know him obediently. That I may know him powerfully. That I may know him practically. That I may know him. I had to give up all of my earthly goods, all of my earthly, not goods, wisdom, all of my benefactors. I had to give it all up. I couldn't put value on those things, that I may know him. Know him how? In the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings. That word fellowship means koinonia, is suffering with Christ, for Christ. He says that I may know him in power, the power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering. And here it is, being made conformable. Unto his death. What a proposition. How are we conformable unto his death? He didn't mumble a word. How are we? He didn't complain. He didn't suddenly turn on his power and kill all mankind. He submitted to the will of God. In everything He put on God in everything. He was subject to God. He was submissive to God. He suffered for God, being conformable unto his death. I want you and I to pray about being conformable to his death. He allowed them to crucify him. He allowed them to put him on a cross. He allowed them to spit on him. He allowed them to mock him being conformable to his death. They dragged him from judgment hall to judgment hall. He didn't open his mouth. He suffered in silence, being conformable unto his death. Let's try that this week. Being conformable unto his death. That I may intimately know him. God bless you. Jesus loves you. I do too.